0: For all of us, it's about predicting where the consumer is going and getting half of it right. One of the things we want to do is create ads that don't suck. Embracing change creates great possibility. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Today on the show, I've got Biljana Swetanowski. Biljana is a partner at McKinsey & Company and leads their marketing and sales practice in the UK, Ireland, and Israel. And on the show today, we talk about a recent report that they put out called the Growth Triple Play, Creativity, Analytics, and Purpose. And we kind of break down the report and what they found with regards to those three core elements of creativity, analytics, and purpose, how they combine to create outsized results for companies, and much more. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Biliana Svetanovsky. Liliana, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Alan. Thank you for having me.
0: So I love to start off with kind of where people start their careers, start off in life, and how you ended up where you are today. So like, where did you get your start?
1: Thinking about where I got my start, it actually happened well before I entered into the business context or even before I went to university. It started with a set of wonderful parents who really wanted to instill some problem-solving skills uh, in their in their kids and my parents were really adamant that my sister and i would be getting really practical life skills and my dad he's a wonderful tradesman he was and still is a wonderful tradesman and he had a small business where he would work with clients to help them either repair or maintain buildings or even refurbish parts of their homes And I think this is some of my very early experiences, obviously, fitting into child labor laws. But my dad, from a very, very early age, (laughs) he would bring me along to some of his uh, clients and some of the work that he did. And I remember he brought me along the end-to-end process. And it really taught me how do you optimize customer experiences. And I remember maybe my very first foray into agile test and learn was my dad swinging open and close a bathroom door to make sure it didn't catch on a cabinet or or a bathtub. So (laughs) it really helped me develop a passion for curiosity of customer and, you know, developing sort of problem solving capabilities and really thinking about kind of decomposing problems and looking at really helping enhance customer experiences.
0: I I love that. I love that. And it's not every day that we get to talk about grouting tile. Um, (laughs) I've only done that once in my life. And I don't think I call myself an expert by any stretch of the imagination. But I did have at an early age, uh, pre or during college, I guess, had a girlfriend that her dad or stepdad was a tradesman, plumber, specifically. Um, but they are also building a house. And so I got to grout tile with him, which was my first foray into that. So it's dirty work though. But to your point, like there's a lot to it. There's the materials, the budgeting, the understanding of the customer, what they want it to look like when you're done. Kudos to you. You have a backup plan now.
1: I I do. And I feel bad for any tradesman who enters into my home. It's like, nope, that paint's not going to work there. Nope that's not (laughs) going (laughs) to (laughs) work. They get more than they bargained for when they walk through the front door.
0: Well, tell me about your journey to get here and where you are today.
1: When I think about my career and the the last 20 years and kind of taking a step back, it does look like a little bit of a random walk. At least it's a nonlinear journey. And it did start with a stint in academia. And I was just very passionate about problem solving and then the rigor of analytics. And I love the other side of that as well, sort of working with people, really creative, energized uh, individuals. Uh, so I really loved my, my time in, in academia and it, it, it does run a red thread, the analytics uh, throughout my career, because quickly after academia, I moved into consulting and it was a faster pace, but a similar context. And there I was building mathematical models to solve business problems so one example is how do you take raw materials from various locations in australia put them on trains uh, in a busy train network and get them on ships and in a port and then get them out so these simulation models and it was always with the intent of helping businesses to grow and to to help them kind of optimize opportunities and growth after that i went into media and in this case it was around marketing mixed modeling or econometrics and I focused in on how to help companies efficiently and effectively spend their marketing dollars. Another short stint in academia, again, in quantitative methods. And then it led me to my time at McKinsey, and I joined McKinsey 16 years ago. And I focused in on consumer and shopper insights. And this really helped me nourish my curiosity for for consumers and customers, what drives them, what motivates them. What are their needs, their met and unmet needs, maybe their conscious and subconscious needs, and how to build a strategy around that. Uh, And then fast forward a few years, I took on a role as the acting chief marketing officer for a consumer-facing client. And in this, there was two parts to, to that role. The first was in the turnaround context, where we were turning the company around to health. And then there was a second phase, which was the transformation two very different parts of the journey. And the first one really a very different context of how do I spend my limited marketing dollars? How do I more efficiently deploy my limited resources? And then a big shift towards growth. How do we set up for growth? How do we set up an organization, the right kind of people and capability and not think about marketing as a cost center, but more as a growth center? And then fast forward a few years, that leads you to today. And I'm a partner Uh, and McKinsey & Company, and I lead the marketing and sales group in UK, Ireland, and Israel. And here I focus on helping organizations around the topic of growth. What are the capabilities you need to deliver on above-peer growth? What are the investments you need to make? And what is the role of marketing and the chief marketing officer to deliver on that growth? So it seems like a random, almost a random walk, but there are some common threads. The first one is really around the customer's always been at the core of of what I, I do, and it's supported by analytics and a deep curiosity of really trying to tap into what makes this situation special, what are the needs of customers. I think secondly is this combination of experience and expertise. And experience is this, you know, rolling your sleeves up, getting your hands dirty, this, this dirty work around grouting in tiles. It's something that I really love to do to really help motivate change and actually be part of that that change as well as the expertise the other side of that is you know surrounding myself with people who are much more uh, articulate in topics and and getting really deep on that and maybe the final sort of red thread that runs through all of this is this desire for impact and not only impact but an impatience for impact and and step change in impact and delivering on growth and i think all of these things have worked together To help me, uh, I think, maybe work with my clients uh, as a stronger advisor and and my peers and my colleagues and those around me, because I really have this holistic view, this sort of soup to nuts uh, experience of everything from writing a consumer survey through to building a strategy and also the lived experience of having to make tough trade-offs as a CMO in in difficult times and then, you know, shifting an organization and unifying organization towards uh, mobilizing for growth. Uh,
0: Honestly. I don't know if you see the connection here, but where we started the conversation of helping your dad, a tradesman, you're really not that far removed. You're, you're not building materials and building buildings, but you're building ideas and bringing them to life for clients. Maybe a tradesman of ideas now.
1: <laughs> he would so love that. I think he's going to have this podcast on repeat at home. He's going <laughs> to love that.
0: <laughs> Well, you know, we should talk about McKinsey's recent research. Um, it's entitled The Growth Triple Play, Creativity, Analytics, and Purpose. Tell us about the scope of that research.
1: We've gone through an extended period of disruption, and with, we've seen such phenomenal changes to how businesses operate. And we have some statistics, and we've all heard the various forms of them, where we saw almost 10 years of digital and e-commerce adoption and disruption in the first 100 days of the pandemic. We saw three out of every four consumers changing the products they buy, the brands they buy, and the channels that they buy them in. And many of these behaviors are continuing to stick. And it's not just a B2B challenge, it's also a B2C challenge. And we see the rise of omni-channel across uh, B2B and B2C. And we've been running research over a number of years to really understand what are the capabilities you need to deliver on growth, what are the types of investments and the role of marketing. But we found in this disruptive times, one thing remained constant for executives. They were still asking the question of how can I deliver growth? The nuance here is how can I deliver growth in these new, no normal times? So we commissioned this research and we connected with over 860 executives from around the world, different size companies, different industries, different countries, to really get to the core of what are the capabilities that you need to deliver on growth. And we took a multi-year view and we looked at 2019, 2020, and also previous years to get an understanding um, of what are the capabilities to deliver on growth.
0: Well, I'd love to talk about like, you know, maybe top line, like what are some of the critical stats that you learned about how companies perform better if they attack the triple play?
1: To walk you through some of the headlines or the key insights from the research, Firstly, we found that 78% of chief executive officers are looking to their chief marketing officer to not only define the growth agenda, but deliver on that growth agenda. And we found that this held true in 2019, but also in 2020. So even in the most disrupted of times, chief executives are looking to marketing to help them deliver on the growth agenda. The second really interesting insight is that we found that companies that delivered on what we call the growth triple play this combination of creativity, analytics, and purpose, they were outgrowing their peers by a multiple of at least two times. And we found that this held true in 2019, but actually was even greater in 2020. We saw that growth rates of companies that were focusing on the growth triple play were increasing to up to 2.7 times their peers. And we found that more is more. So the more of the growth triple play that you invest in, the more you grow. So there's a mutually reinforcing element of the growth triple play. And maybe the most striking of insights is that even though these concepts of creativity, analytics, and purpose are not new, it's this combination that really gives the magic effect or really gives the step change and impact. We found that only 7% of companies are successfully doing all three. So growth is still elusive, despite the fact that these capabilities are already well-known and well-entrenched in organizations.
0: Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness.
1: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com
0: slash ACAST, code ACAST. It was pretty intriguing to me to read as well. And, you know, we talk a lot about creativity, analytics, and purpose on previous episodes on this podcast as well almost in silos and i think one of the thoughts that i had as i was reading the report is it's not just the existence of these inside of a company but there was something to the fact that the intersection between the three elements the overlap of them if you will so you know creativity in your analytics and analytics inspiring your creativity as one example it seemed like that was a critical component of the triple play as well. Do do I have that right?
1: That's exactly right. So it's not about the individual capabilities of creativity, analytics, and purpose. It's really about how organizations can combine all three. And what we know is that if we take 2020 growth rates, a company that's deploying one element of the growth triple play is growing on average around 6%. This jumps up to around 8% when they're doing two of the elements, and it jumps up to 13% if they're doing all three. What we know is that growth triple play companies are doing three things very well. The first is that they're injecting analytics into their creativity. And this is to create a more personalized and human experience for every touch point for the consumers. This means that they take a 360 degree view of their customer They inject very granular insights to the demographics, where people live, what they prefer, what they don't like, their recent history, and they combine that with agile content models. So they're delivering relevant and real-time messages that resonate with the consumers. The second thing that growth triple play companies do really well is they inject purpose into their analytics. So they're very intentional and authentic about every bit of analytics they do. They think twice before they run their analytics. They think twice before they send a message out to their consumers. So they're really thoughtful and intentional about how they run their analytics. The third thing that growth play companies do really well is they set purpose as their north star. Purpose is really the guiding light. It guides all of the decisions that they make, whether it's for current employees, future employees, uh, their ecosystems of partners their stakeholders, their shareholders. So purpose is really underpinning every decision that they make. And maybe one last thought on this. It's not just about what growth triple play companies do really well. It's also about what they don't do. So they use these three elements as a guideline and a guardrail to help them make decisions on what they don't do. And often they're making really tough decisions on what they don't do.
0: So you talk about the, the things that they choose not to do. One of the things I I picked up on was that the companies that are executing the triple play are three times more likely to get rid of brands in a portfolio that didn't fit their purpose. I guess that's a good example of what they choose not to do, but wondering if anything else comes to mind for you.
1: That's a great example, Alan. And we find that growth triple play companies, they are three times more likely to retire brands or products or even communications around brands and products that no longer fit with their purpose. They're also making tough calls in terms of their talent strategy. They're three times more likely to write a talent strategy for future employees that is firmly embedded in their purpose. They're also setting up guidelines and guardrails uh, to help their frontline and employees to make decisions around what growth strategies they can pursue based on how closely linked they are to the purpose.
0: Interesting. Well, you you mentioned talent, and as I think about just the the overlap of these three things in the triple play it it seems that the people and the leader frankly need to integrate more than they ever have and it it seems like we might be thinking about different types of talent as well as we think about integrating for lack of a better word i think of like systems thinkers (laughs) but i don't know did you find that as well or, or is that something that you're looking at now how, how the people or the talent component falls out from this?
1: Absolutely. And we find that it, it's never been a busier time to be a marketer and never been a better time to be a marketer. And when we think about the kinds of capabilities or the kinds of talent that we see growth to play companies focusing on, and we think about it under this umbrella of, you know, marketing with a capital M, And that means thinking about marketing outside of the four walls of the marketing department, going beyond, say, brand or creative or communication and thinking about how you can deliver on the overall consumer or customer experience and deliver on growth. And we think about that in in two lenses. There's the the functional lens of, okay, from a brand manager or or a UX manager, how do I make sure that I'm influencing the overall consumer journey? How do I make sure that what I'm learning is driving growth for the organization? On the other side is the relationship elements of marketing with a capital M. And I specifically think about CMOs here and in their role as unifiers where they're working shoulder to shoulder with the other parts of the organization to build strong relationships. We find that the high growth companies have these CMOs who are working closely with their counterparts. So for example, working with the CFO to define the KPIs and metrics. Maybe not talk about brand sentiment analysis and brand equity, but really thinking about how does marketing drive the top line. They might be working closely with their chief technology officer to co-create the digital transformation, and that unlocks the power of data for for marketing. So talent in terms of high-growth companies and growth triple-play companies, we really think about it in this context of marketing with a capital M, both on the functional side, making sure you're functionally connected, but also on the relationship side, making sure that you're building these strong partnerships throughout the organization.
0: I honestly love marketing with a capital M. Uh, It's something that frankly was the birth of this show was to try to educate marketers and breathe life, strategic life back into the marketing function itself. So thank you for identifying that. You've got a triple play. So creativity, analytics, and purpose. Creativity, analytics, no arguments whatsoever it makes perfect sense purpose i think in the current trade press if you will means certain things but i as i read the report the thing i took away was this i guess authenticity that purpose needs to bring to a brand. It's not just about purpose for purpose sake, if that makes sense, or greenwashing at the extreme edge of things. It was really about finding the brand essence that's true and authentic and bringing that to life. Do I have that right? Do you think about it the same way?
1: Alan, I think you hit the nail on the head to continue with this thread around uh, trades, uh, tradespeople. Purpose has two real elements to it. The first is exactly as you described. It needs to be intentional and needs to be authentic to brands in the portfolios. So for example, if your brand is about fun and indulgence or rebellion, then really focus in on that. If it's around ESG issues, really focus in on that. You really need to be authentic to the purpose because your customers, your consumers, your partners, your stakeholders, they will see right through you if you're not authentic in terms of your purpose. I think the second element around purpose is that you really need to not pay lip service to purpose, but really action against it. And we talked through some examples earlier around, you know, streamlining portfolios where brands and products don't meet the bar on purpose, but it's also around tough decisions around ecosystem and partners, who will you work with um, and who won't you work with as you drive your business forward and think about growth. So really making those tough decisions and tough calls also. And so it's not just paying lip service to the idea of purpose.
0: One other stat that I picked up as well related to purpose was the internal impact that it can have on employees. I think the rough stat, if I'm I'm reading this right, is it's these companies are 3.1 times more likely to have employees that say we have a unique proposition that encourages talented people to join and stay with the company. And I've always thought that purpose is likely more of a inside out motivator it eventually does make its way to the marketplace and to consumers but it's through the actions and the energy that it creates inside of a company to create meaning for the work that we're doing so i was interested to see that stat in there as well one of the things a lot of cmos listen to this show and we want to talk a bit about what the role of the cmo is you you already mentioned earlier that one of the things that their focus should be focused on is being a unifier but how do they need to work differently to deliver against this triple play?
1: So the CMO is the unifier of the organization and a trusted co-pilot to the chief executive officer. And in order to truly deliver on the growth triple play, we know that CMOs are doing three things. The first is they're leading from the front and they're leading from the front as this unifier. They're rallying the organization around the purpose. They are making these tough calls on the portfolio and the ecosystem of partners and they're not shying away, and they're working closely with the organization, shoulder to shoulder to co-create the strategy. So the first thing we see them doing is leading from the front. The second thing we see CMOs in the Growth Play companies doing is that they are creating a learning organization. And that's both at the operational level, whether that's creating agile content models to speak to your consumers in a more relevant and timely way, but also about building infrastructure to help make decisions. So, for example, building uh, the software or engaging software that allows you to make more real-time and timely decisions on your advertising spend or your marketing mix. And the third thing we see that unify CMOs are doing is that they're empowering the organization Which can be a little bit frightening Uh, and what we see them doing is setting up the guidelines and the guardrails for the organization to help the front line to help everyone make decisions around what are the growth initiatives that can help drive against the purpose and you know how to prioritize activities so they're really doing these three elements of leading from the front creating this learning agile organization not a one and done situation and also empowering their teams To deliver on growth via very clear guidelines and guardrails.
0: As we are in 2022, what advice or or actions would you say CMOs need to start thinking about or start doing?
1: So we come into 2022 after a long period of disruption. And for many of us and and marketers, uh, we've had the experience of this new no normal with consumers changing their channels, their brands, their preferences. We've seen marketing budgets slashed and reinstated. We've been asked to do more work, both in the workplace and at home and with the emergence of hybrid working, there are increased challenges. And with all of these things in mind, there's a higher expectation to deliver on a growth agenda. So we come into 2022 with this a legacy of a long period of disruption. But as the world is starting to emerge from COVID-19, soon we'll be moving from this almost protecting lives and livelihoods to more bettering of lives and livelihoods. What will become increasingly important is this element of purpose.
0: Thank you for sharing uh, quite a bit of insights on the latest work that you guys have been doing at McKinsey. I would love to switch gears. Uh, We've already learned a little bit about you at the beginning of this episode, growing up with your dad and working in his business. And so it's important to me and I think listeners to get to know people even further. And and maybe it is that experience uh, uh, as a (laughs) tradesperson. Well, I'm curious if there's a topic you believe marketers need to be learning more about or you're trying to learn more about yourself.
1: One area that came out of this growth triple play research and is becoming increasingly important is the area of purpose and particularly the areas of sustainability and inclusion and how I think that will become much more table stakes for how organizations can deliver on growth. So really delivering a sustainable, inclusive growth. So that's two areas that I'm currently doing much more investigating in and learning in.
0: And last question for you. What do you feel is the largest opportunity or threat facing marketers today?
1: The largest opportunity is focus. I think focusing in and what we found from this research on Growth Triple Plays, companies that were making very conscious decisions around where they focus their energy, their resources, their people, they're able to deliver above peer growth and also in very disrupted times. So I think focusing in on this creativity, analytics and purpose can help organizations deliver on above peer growth. And I think it's just also being really conscious of what you do and what you don't do as you go on that journey. I'd love to ask you, Alan. Yeah. What do you think? (laughs)
0: <laughs> what do I think uh, the largest opportunity or threat is to marketers to steal your answer a bit I mean I do believe that we need to get back to making choices actually living up to what we call strategy right which is the option and the strategic choices that we make marketing notoriously everyone that I talk to notoriously just adds the next thing right it's we never look at what we're doing and say, what should we stop doing? (laughs) We just add more, which also creates kind of a a weird dynamic with the executives, our peers that we're in organizations with, because it just looks like we're land grabbing either budgets or people or functions within the organization. I kind of agree with you. I think this notion of strategy and choice and to use your words, conscious decisions that you're making can help us be better marketers marketers with a capital m like we were talking about earlier
1: i love the alan see we're always on the same page
0: (laughs) i love it (laughs) well thank you so much for coming on the show today
1: thank you so much
0: Hi, it's Alan again. Marketing Today was created and produced by me with support from my team and podcast editors, sound engineers, and writers at Share Your Genius. Find them at shareyourgenius.com. If you're new to Marketing Today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe on marketingtodaypodcast.com and tell your friends and colleagues about the show. I love to hear from listeners. You can contact me on marketingtodaypodcast.com. There you will also find complete show notes, links to what was discussed in the episode today, and you can search our archives. I'm Alan Hart,
1: and this is Marketing Today.